we're going to wrap this thing up tonight, Lord's willing, and, uh, and, and it's going to be really good, really good, really encouraging. Uh, I don't know about you, but Jesus is coming back, and we need to know that. Amen. He's coming back. He's coming back. So I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22. Uh, we stopped at verse 5 last week, and uh, so we're going to jump into verse number 6 and then explain it. And uh, and kind of wrap everything up we've covered in the last, I don't know, seven weeks, eight weeks, however many, however many messages we've been in this thing, uh, on the end. What's going to happen next? How many of y'all have been to everyone? Has there anybody been to everyone so far? Oh, my stars. The rest of y'all need to catch up. Catch up. Uh, we, we've talked about several things. The rapture of the church. Uh, the, the judgment seat of Christ where the church is going to be rewarded. Uh, we talked about the tribulation period, the seven year tribulation period that's going to take place. Uh, the Armageddon, the, the battle of good and evil, uh, the return of the Lord say, amen. Uh, the preparation for the kingdom, uh, the judgment of the, the sheep and the goat nations, uh, uh, see, here, let me try my memory. Uh, the, the millennial reign, the millennial reign of Christ, which is awesome. Say amen. amen. Thousand years upon this earth, the Lord Jesus is going to be ruling and reigning. Amen. And then the, uh, the, uh, the eternal state, the eternal state. Oh, before the eternal state, excuse me, the great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment, the judgment of all of the lost, all of the unbelievers, and then the eternal state. And so tonight, we're going we're gonna to break down Revelation 22, verses 6 through uh, 20, 21, and, uh, and, and kind of see what it's there for, all right? Uh, so let's pray, let's pray, and let's just read here in Revelation 22, verse 6. If you found your place, say amen. amen. And he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, what color is your writing? Jesus is speaking. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and I heard them. And when I heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, see thou do it not. For I am thy fellow servant, and of the brethren, and of thy brethren, the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. In other words, hey, I I worship God just like y'all do. We're we're on the same team here. We're on the same team. You don't bow down to me. We all bow down to Him. Is what He's saying. And He saith unto me, seal not the things, or seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, because you're writing, who's speaking? Jesus. Now, the last time he spoke, verse seven, he said, behold, I come. Now he's saying, and behold, I come. Oh yeah. And my reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. I am alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have seen mine, sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star and the spirit and the bride say come. And let him that heareth say, come and let him that is a thirst come and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add these unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if you don't know what they are, go back and look at the tribulation service sermon and, and you'll understand that's a bad deal. Verse 19. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifies these things saith, what cause you're writing? Who's speaking? Surely I come quickly. 
John just gets all excited and says, amen, even so, come Lord Jesus. Jesus says, I come quickly. John said, well, just come on. Just come on. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for truth and, and something that we can trust in, something that we can put our confidence in, something that we can put our faith in. Lord, there's a lot of things on this planet that'll let us down that, that Lord, we, we just can't put our confidence in. We can't put our trust in. We can't depend on. There's people on this planet we just can't depend on, even though they mean well and they, they try, but we're all human. But Lord, your word can be depended on. It can be trusted. We can put our faith in your word. Now, Lord, I pray that you will use your word to enlighten us today. I pray that you'll use your word to illuminate our minds and help us to see things that we hadn't seen before. I pray that you'll help us today to be better Christians today than we were yesterday. Help us to be better Christians tomorrow than we were today. Take your word and challenge us, convict us, Lord, encourage us. I pray that your perfect will be done. Holy Spirit, don't let me say anything I'm not supposed to. Fill me with your power. Fill me with an unction. Control my words, control my thoughts, control everything I say. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't, and don't let me forget anything I should. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people say it, amen. amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> you may be seated. I want, you to, I want you to keep your finger, your hand right there uh, in Revelation chapter number 22, and then flip back over. Flip back over to Revelation chapter number one. Revelation chapter number one. Everything we've been covering, every, everything we've been covering so far in this particular series on what's next has been covered in the book of Revelation. Every, everything. Uh, uh, we, the, the, you know, we know Revelation is the book of endings. Uh, Genesis is the book of beginnings and, and Revelation is the book of endings. What's going to happen in the future? Now, what we're studying tonight, what we're studying tonight is really not the revelation. It's not the revelation. Uh, it would be what we would call the epilogue, the epilogue. Uh, what we're going to see here in just a second is the prologue. And you say, what in the world is an epilogue in a prologue? Here's what it is. A prologue is an introductory section of a literary work. In other words, you buy a book, you open it up, and there's the prologue. The prologue tells you what you're fixing to read. Y'all with me? In other words, it gives you a little hint and gives you a little uh, 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 update of what you're fixing to read, what is covered, what they really want you to know about what you're fixing to read. Does that make sense? Okay, with that in mind... With that in mind, Revelation 1, Revelation 1, verses 1. You there? Here's the prologue. Okay, verses 1 through 3 is the prologue to the revelation of Christ. Revelation 1, 1. The revelation, that means unveiling, uncovering, revealing, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must Shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ, and of all things which he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Now we're going to see part of that in the epilogue. But here in the prologue, what, what is the prologue? It's, it's what you're fixing to see. It's what you're fixing to read, what you're fixing to cover. Let me give you a little hint of what you're fixing to see. You're fixing to see the revelation of Jesus Christ, the revealing what God the Father wanted you to know about God the Son and the things which must shortly, what? In other words, what's coming next? Does this make sense? All right, this is the epilogue, or excuse me, the prologue. Uh, now, in that same chapter, in that same chapter, he outlines, he outlines the revelation. He said, write the things which thou hast seen, 
write the things which are and write the things which shall be hereafter. Now, if you're not familiar with this, I would encourage you to write it somewhere on here because this is a good way to outline the book of Revelation. Write the things which thou hast seen. That's chapter one. All right. In, in chapter one of Revelation, you have the vision, the vision of Christ. You see him with eyes of fire, feet like brass, the white as wool, the voice of mighty thundering. Are y'all with me? He's not seen. He's not seen as the babe in Bethlehem. He's not seen as the sandal-wearing preacher going up and down, uh, listen, the dusty roads of Judea. He's not seen as the sacrifice hanging on a cross, mutilated and brutalized by man. He's seen as the resurrected Lord, the sovereign Savior, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the King of kings and the Lord of... That's him. That's him. That's the vision that John saw. John saw the things which thou hast seen. That's the first part. That's chapter one. That's in other words, if you had, if you had, you were outlining revelation, Roman numeral one would be the things which thou hast seen chapter one. If that makes sense, say amen. And then you would put a Roman numeral two, the things which are the things which are, that means present date. That is chapters two and three. What, what are the things that are, are, it covers the, the, the letters to the seven churches. In other words, the church age, the church age from, from, uh, uh, the church of Ephesus all the way to church of Laodicea at the end of chapter three is com- the complete church age. We are living presently in the church age. Are y'all with me? We're not, we're not in the past. In John's day, we are in the present day in the church age. We're not in the age of the law. We're in the age of grace. Amen. We are in the age of the church, the church age. But at the end of the church age is going to come the rapture. That begins chapter four. He said, write the things which thou hast seen. Chapter one, the vision of Christ. The things which are chapters two and three, and then the things which shall be here after that's chapter four, all the way to the end, all the way to the end to revelation 22 verse number five. Are y'all with me? Verse number five. Now that is the things that's coming Well, they ain't here yet, but they're on the way. We know the rapture has not taken place, but it's on the way. The tribulation has not taken place. We're seeing little bits and pieces and, and, and little uh, 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 previews of that, but it's on the way. The, the, the judgment seat of Christ has not happened yet, but it's on the way. The great white throne judgment hasn't taken place, but it's on the way. Are y'all with me? Things which must be <clears throat> for seven or eight weeks. For seven or eight weeks, we have covered things that is, that is, Miss Joy, on the way. Was you the one said that? Somebody over here said on the way. Somebody said it, amen. Listen, it's on the way. It's on the way. Now, now, all right, so that's the prologue, right? Isn't that what we just read? Revelation 1, 1 through 3 is the things that's on the way. The things which must shortly come to pass. All right. That's what we've been covering. That's what we've been covering. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into detail about all those things. If you missed it, you should have been here. Go back and watch it. Amen. And I would encourage you to do that. I'm not just saying that to be facetious. You need to know this stuff. You need to know what's coming. You need to know what is over the next hill. You need to know what's on the horizon. Now, now, what we're studying tonight, what we're studying tonight is what do we do with all this stuff we've learned? That's the epilogue. Now, here's the definition of epilogue. A section at the end of a book that serves as a conclusion to what has happened. Now, now, in other words, Revelation, in other words, there's a bookmarks. Y'all have seen, uh, not bookmarks, bookends, bookends. Say that with me. Bookends. Y'all seen bookends? Y'all seen bookends? In other words, you got a book in here, a bunch of books, and then a book in here that's squishing them together. Or if you think like me, think Oreo cookie. 
and the cream in the middle. All right. We've been studying the cream in the middle. That's all we've been studying. Amen. And revelation, revelation one, one through three is the cookie. Y'all with me? Revelation 22, six through 20, I can't see it. 21 is the other cookie. Now, everything in between, everything in between is the cream. That's all we've been studying. It's all of this material. Everything we learned about the rapture, everything we learned about the tribulation period, everything we learned about what's coming in the future, things which must be here after, things which must come shortly to pass. Does that make sense? Now, we didn't cover all this stuff. We didn't cover all this stuff so you could say, whoo, what a cool Bible study. We, we didn't cover all this stuff so you could be entertained. We, we didn't cover all this stuff so you could be smarter when it comes to things of the Bible. We didn't cover all this stuff so you'd have material to go argue with your friends. What, what are we going to find tonight? Why we covered all this stuff. In other words, what we learned tonight, and this is so important. It doesn't matter all the stuff that we've learned. If you don't get this, because he is fixing to tell you why he just informed you everything he just gave you. Everything in the cream. Are y'all with me? Everything in the middle. All right. So with that being said, we know, we know why we're studying the prologue revelation one, one through three is this is what you're fixing to see. This is what you're fixing to read. The epilogue, the epilogue is this is what I expect from those who read it. What do you do with what you now know? Does that make sense? Okay, good. Y'all ready to jump in it? Verse six, verse six. Let's look at our notes now. Let's look at our notes now. First of all, number one, number one, because of what we've studied, it's almost like a, in our DBSs, we do uh, I will statements. We do I will statements. Uh, because of what we have learned, I will, whatever it might be. Say, say we, we studied uh, forgiveness that night uh, and learned that we are supposed to forgive those who've wounded us. And, you know, at the end, maybe the Holy Spirit's putting on your mind somebody who's hurt your feelings or somebody who's, who's done you wrong and, and you've been holding a grudge against them. And at the end, you pray, you know what, because of what I learned tonight, I will forgive the one who hurt me. Well, this is, this is kind of like that. Not exactly, but very similar. Because of what we learned about the rapture, because of what we learned about the tribulation period, because of what we learned about all these things that's going to come to pass, right? Because of what we've learned about all of this, this is what we need to do. All right. Number one, we see the responsibilities commanded. The responsibilities commanded. Look at verse six. And he said unto me, these sayings, what sayings? Everything between Revelation 1, 3 and where we're at right here, the whole revelation, the whole revealing of Christ's second coming. He said, these things are faithful and true. Aren't you glad we can trust it? And the Lord God of the holy prophet sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed, blessed is he that, what's that word? Everybody say it. Blessed is he that keep it. Write this down. Here's our responsibility. First of all, servants are to be obedient. Servants are to be obedient. John 14, 21, John 14, 21. He that hath my, what does that say? Suggestions. Hello. It says what commandment. It's a military word. It's a command. It's not a suggestion. He's not saying, if you don't care, will you? No. He says, he that hath my commandments and what? Say it with me. And keepeth them. He it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will all right. He will. Did it say he might? No. It said he will keep my words. This is it. This is you say, preacher, how will I know I'm saved? Well, are you keeping his word? Are you, are you being obedient? Are you, are you following him? Are you doing what he said to do? That's a, This is an evidence. 
He will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. First John two, three, and hereby we do know that we love him or excuse me. And hereby we do know that we know him if we what? That's an, that's a, that's a very obvious, obvious answer. It's a, it's a very obvious uh, evidence is the word I was looking for evidence. We do know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, he that saith, I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a what? Now I didn't say it. Hello. He's a liar. He's a liar. And the truth is not in him. First John five, three, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments. Watch this now. This is great. And his commandments are not grievous. Now that word means heavy, burdensome. You know what that means? You know what that means? That means if we love God, it won't be a problem to do what he wants us to do. All these people running around saying, boy, it's just hard for me to be a Christian. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. I'm not saying we're not going to have temptation. I'm not going to say we're not going to have struggles in the Christian life. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying when God gives us plain obedience or or, or commandments that we are to obey, we're not going to find it difficult to do. Now, now we may the follow through, you know, in other words, we're not going to think it's a hard thing that he's asking for us. Today, today, uh, uh, Tammy has certain uh, little drink things she likes and, 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 and man, I love her. And I, I got it right in the middle. I just, I just, she was just on my mind today. And I, I just got up, went and got the drink. Just, that wasn't a burden. It wasn't a problem. It wasn't difficult at all. It wasn't, matter of fact, couldn't wait to do it and couldn't wait to see her face when she saw it. Because I love her. And when God expects something out of you and you find it in the Bible and you're really struggling, like, I just don't know if I can do that. You might want to check on, see it with your relationship with the one who you say you love. Are y'all with me? Listen, it says obey him. Watch, watch. This is even bigger. This is even bigger. Uh, 2 Peter 3.10. 2 Peter 3.10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away. Didn't we learn about all that? The heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation, where conversation means behavior, by the way, holy conversations and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. In other words, Peter is saying, man, if you know and understand what's coming, you're going to act right. That's what he's saying. If you realize what's coming, if you realize what's coming down the road, if you realize the judgment that's coming and what God's, the, the return of our Savior, it will motivate you to live holy, righteously, and obedient unto God. There was nothing more motivating than my mom telling me and my brother, just wait till your daddy gets home. Does anybody can, can testify to that? Man, that'd make you walk the straight and narrow. Maybe I just need to jump up here and let everybody know, hey, daddy's coming home. How you acting? How you behaving? Because he's coming. He's coming. Sometimes we forget that. Me and my brother did, but boy, she reminded us. Servants are to be obedient. What do we do with what we've learned? Man, we need to be obedient. We need to be obedient. What, what does it say in the, in the Great Commission when we talk about uh, discipleship, making disciples? You know, go into all the world, right? Go and make disciples. Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. That's part, that's part of becoming a disciple. You know, we, we, we have water. I say we. We ain't done it. False teachers have done it. And a lot of church people and a lot of TV preachers have watered down the, the scriptures and the truth so much that they basically just say, here's a ticket to heaven, and then you can live like you want to live. God's love. 
But listen, you, you totally missed the scriptures then. I, I said, I, I'm going to just say it. Somebody posted this the other day. It says, listen, I don't need the church. I can study the Bible all by myself. Tell me you don't study the Bible without telling me you don't study the Bible. Because if you studied the Bible, you'd know God commanded you to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You ain't studying the Bible. You, it's it's kind of like the, 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 the football player. The, 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 the coaches were testing the, the one football player to see if he was uh, studying the films. And they sent blank tapes home with him. And he come back and said, yeah, they were blitz packages. Mm-hmm. When people make comments like that, I know they ain't watched it. You ain't read it. Because one of the greatest evidences of being born again is obedience to God. You don't have a desire to live for yourself. You don't have a desire. You have a desire to follow him. Do you mess up? Absolutely. We all do. We all make a mistake, but when we do, we're brokenhearted about it. When we do, it tears us to pieces. When we do, we want to make it right as quick as we can and get it right the next time. Amen. Listen, he said, because of what I just showed you, you need to be obedient. Servants are to keep. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth. Say it with me. Keepeth. Everybody say it. Keepeth. Keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. We need to be obedient. B, write this down. Not only do servants, servants are to be obedient, but the Savior is to be worshipped. The Savior is to be worshipped. Look what he says. Verse 8. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. Now, this is John, right? How many of y'all would believe he's pretty tight with the Lord? Now, John, this is the same John. This is the same John that would lay his head on the, on the chest of Christ because he, was, he, he loved the Lord so much and was so close to the Lord. This was the same John that went, was, was in the, the inner circle, that went to everywhere that he went. This was the same John that Jesus trusted him so much that he trusted his own mama, his own mama with him when Jesus died on the cross. Are y'all with me? Now, now, and, and, and this is the same John that's writing the revelation. He's writing the revelation. I mean, if there was any disciple, if there was any disciple that you would want to emulate, it would be this disciple. But watch what happens. Watch what happens. It says in verse number, verse number eight, and I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard and seen, I fell down to worship before to the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. Now, Everybody knows that's a no-no, right? That's a no-no. You say, how do you know? Watch this. Then saith he unto me, see thou do it not. For I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren, the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship. Say it with me. Worship. Worship God. Now, this is not the first time this has happened to old brother John. If you go read it in the earlier parts of Revelation, you'll find out this happened to him before. Now, now before all y'all get critical and, and, and get all rough on, on Brother John, uh, you need to understand there's, a, there's a something that we can see from this. There's something that we can see from this. God created us as beings who worship. God created every human being with a void in them that can only be filled by God. In other words, he created us with a longing to worship. We, we are designed to worship. We're going to worship. We're going to. And, and God is to be worshiped. Listen, God created you for himself. Now, you, you, you know when we get in trouble in life is when we think God is here for our benefit. Wrong. God created us for his own pleasure. Right? Look what it says. Look what it says. Revelation. Revelation. <clears throat> Chapter number four. It says, and, I, and the four beasts 
had each of them. This is the throne room scene, right? Isn't it amazing? The very first picture that we see of heaven in Revelation is, is, is people around the throne worshiping him. Look what it says. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and the rest, they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give and, and to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders, now if you've been in any of the revelation studies we had before, you recognize that that represents the saints. That represents the, the, the body of Christ. That represents the kings who worship him. They fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship. Say it with me. And worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, thou art, thou art, man, that's worship. Giving him, telling him, showing him he's worthy of our singing. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our prayers. He's worthy of our sacrifice. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for that. Now he tells you why. For thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. He's not here for you. You are here for him. He's the creator. We're the creature. Y'all with me? And he's worthy. Why do we, why do we bow down? Because he made us. He's our creator. He's the boss. He's in charge. He's the potter. We're the clay. He's the creator. We're the creature. He's the, are y'all with me? And because of that, we worship him. Because of that, we give him glory. Because of that, we give him credit. We give him honor. We give him all that he rightly deserves. We tell him, thou art. Come on, everybody, say it. Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy. And then the Bible says they got a new song going on. Happens to be that Revelation 4 is the old song. But if you, if, you, if you dribble down into Revelation chapter 5, you'll find out they go to breaking out in a new song. Look what it says. Revelation chapter 5 verse 8. And when he, Jesus, the lamb, when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a what? A new song saying thou art. Now that sounds like the old song. The old song was thou art worthy. So we know that's not what it was. That's not what it was, but it's doing the same thing. The, the, the old song and the new song is telling him he is worthy. Now, watch what it says. We say, what, what's the new song say? It, it changes why he's worthy. It says, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, and people, and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld, and I heard the voice. They just break out, son. I'm telling you, this is a worship service. It's a camp meeting now. They, they break out. I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, what are they saying? Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature, I said every single creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that in them, uh, they heard saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, amen. And the four and 20 elders fell down and worshiped him that liveth for Forever and ever. Now, the song is Thou Art Worthy. What makes it old and what makes it new? The old song in verse chapter 4 Thou art worthy because thou hast created all things. You're worthy because you made me. The new song is thou art worthy for thou hast redeemed us unto God by thy blood out of every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. You are not only worthy because you made me, you're worthy because you saved me. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to say, you know what that teaches me? It doesn't matter if you're saved or not. He's still worthy. 
He's worthy of everything. He's worthy of our sacrifice. He's worthy of our obedience. He's worthy of our faithfulness. He's worthy of our generosity. He's worthy of our giving. He's worthy of our service. He's worthy of our prayers and our singing and everything we can offer unto him because he not only made me, he saved me. Listen, what what do we need to do because of what we learned? We need to worship him. We need to be worshiping creatures. Now, let me go back to that. That was just a commercial. (laughs) This is what I see in this deal. This is what I see in this deal. John is jacked up about what he's seeing. He can't help it. He can't help it. He's seeing all this stuff. Man, he's seeing the celestial city. He's seeing the street of gold. He's seeing the walls of Jasper. He's seeing the throne room scene. He's seeing the the pearly gates. He's seeing all of this blessed stuff. Man, he just gets so excited. He just bows down and starts worshiping the angel. Now, remember, he's done done this one time. And then he got corrected too. Hey, 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 hey. Worship God. Worship God. Now, here's what I see in this. It's not in your notes. This is going to be Malcolm's theology, which I usually don't give it to you. That's why it's not in print. You can't hold it to me, except for that video. (laughs) We as humans have a bad habit of aiming our worship at the wrong things because we are so created to worship. We are so designed. I'll put it this way. Pox, are you here? Oh, Pox. All right. We, 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 we have hound dogs and notice I said hound dogs. Because every hound dog is not a coon dog. Fox do have a witness. All right. We've got dogs that have a drive in them. Now we want to focus them. We want them, we want them only on a raccoon. In a raccoon only. We don't want, we, we was driving last night. We were driving last night across the pasture. And, 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 and Pox's bright light ain't working real good. Got to get it rewired. Uh, uh, Daniel, in the back, you need, remember you said you was going to help us with that. And I saw something black out the corner of my peripheral vision. And it moved as we were coming across the pasture. And so I flipped my bright light on it. Y'all know what it was? A skunk. Pop said, we don't need to turn loose right here. You know why? Because we had a puppy in the, in the, in the box, six month old puppy. And, and that puppy's supposed to tree a squirrel or at night a raccoon. But that puppy has got such a drive and he wants to chase something that a skunk will do. Fox, am I exaggerating any of this? Am I saying it just like I, it happened, just like it happened? People are the same way. We have such a drive to worship inside of us that's built into us by God that if we're not careful, we'll end up chasing a skunk. John, John, Man, if anybody had, had, had it down pat like it's supposed to be, but he even chased a skunk. Maybe not a skunk, maybe it was a possum. We can't, you know, it was an angel at least, but it was wrong. Now, wh- how can we apply this? I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm about to say I'm chasing a rabbit, but I may be chasing a skunk right now. I don't, what, do, what do we need to learn from this? I see so many people who worship their children, worship, worship idols like, like sports, worship money and, and power. And I just got to get more money. I just got to get, and it's a, it's a God to them. It's an idol. 
And I'm telling you, the best of Christians, if we don't stay focused, we have such a drive in us to worship something, man, it's easy to worship the wrong thing. Brother Mark, we can do it before we even know it. We could listen, there's so many people, there's so many people on social media right now, they worship, they worship likes and comments. And they just need attention. And the angel said, Oh, stop. Worship God. Let's keep him where he belongs. He's he's first. We worship him. And I'm telling you, because of what we've learned, we need to understand. We need to be worshiping God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Listen, we got to be careful. We got to be careful. If, 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 if the apostle John can slip up and worship the wrong thing, we, we can too. We can too. But he, he warned him. He, he said, hey, 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 stop that. Worship God. We're, listen, we're, we're the same. We're underneath God together. We, we, birth, we both worship him. Now look what it says. Not only, what was A? Tell me A again. Because of what we learned, A, servants, servants are to be obedient. B, saviors to be worshipped. C, the scriptures are to be proclaimed. Well, we got to hurry. Scriptures are to be proclaimed, verses 10 and 11. We'll, we'll go fast, we'll go fast. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at. Now, how many of y'all was in the Daniel study? Raise your hand if you was in the Daniel study. Do you remember what God told him with a certain part of it? He said, seal it. Don't, Don't reveal it. You seal it. But he's telling John the exact opposite. You say, why did he tell Daniel to seal it? And he told John to not seal it because the time's at hand. It was time. How many of you know God's always on time? It's amazing. Daniel got to see the beginning to the end. And John got to live to see the beginning of the end. And God says, proclaim it. Let everybody know. Send it to the seven churches. Because you got to understand, this, this book we're studying here, it went first to the seven churches and then to the whole world, to the church in general. He says, get the word out, get the word out. The word is supposed to be proclaimed. We need to tell people the urgency of time. He said, the time is at hand. How many of y'all know we're running out of time? We're running out of time. (laughs) Look what's happening. I, I don't know if anybody's watched the news lately, but China is doing a huge, huge, huge military buildup. They're, they're very upset about the Pelosi deal. China is teaming up with Russia, Iran, Syria, and Turkey. They are the ones that are in the, the, the war of Gog and Magog, by the way. Anyway, I'm just telling you, look up. The urgency of time, the urgency of decision. And I'll get to that, I'll get to that in just a second. <clears throat> We see in, in uh, verse, number, verse number 11, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. You know what he's saying right there? You need to make up your mind. You need to quit, you need to quit walking the fence. You need to determine what you're going to be. And not only that, not only that, but see, he's, he, there's really two different sides of this deal. If you'll look, unjust and filthy, unjust and filthy, and then righteous and holy. Righteous and holy. Now, what is he saying? The decision you make now, the decision you make on this side of eternity becomes permanent on that side of eternity. Period. Make up your mind. The scriptures are saying, make up your mind. Choose. It's just like Joshua saying, choose you this day whom ye will serve. All right. D. The scriptures are to be proclaimed. D. The saints are to be serving. 
serving. Verse 12. And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his. Every man according as his work shall be. Man, because we know time's coming. Now, now you say, well, okay, what have we learned? What have we learned in this series that really emphasizes that? How about the judgment seat of Christ? Go back and listen to that whole sermon. And the reward of the saints and what's coming in the millennium, the responsibilities and, 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 and what we will be able to do for Christ, the, the magnitude of our, our service for him in the millennium. Man, that teaches us right there. We need to be serving God right now, right now. It says, 1 Corinthians 3, now he that planteth and he that watereth are one and every man shall receive his own reward according to his, his own labor. Now, I'm glad we're all Temple Baptist Church. I'm glad we're all Temple Baptist Church. And, and, and when, we, when we do things in this community and, and we do things overseas in missions and all of that, TTI doesn't, doesn't come and say, hey, we thank Henry for giving such and such dollar amount to plant churches in East Africa. No, they say we thank Temple. We thank Temple for planting churches in East Africa. But guess what? God's account accountant is a little sharper than that. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying if you didn't help, God ain't giving you credit for it. But, but watch this. Watch this. If you have very, very little but you was willing to give something and it was a sacrifice. And then you have Richie Rich over here who gave very, it, it may have been way bigger than what this one over here did, but it was such a meager, it wasn't even a sacrifice. Guess who gets better credit? God's accountant is sharp. It's not equal giving. It's equal sacrifice. You remember when the, when the widow came and tossed in everything she had? And everybody else, all these Pharisees were in there. They were giving this extreme, extravagant amounts of money. But it wasn't even a sacrifice. He said, y'all check this out. She gave way more than the rest of them. Now, I'm not, I, this, this is not a giving message. This is a message to warn you. Don't think you're going to get credit for what somebody else does. Your own labor. Y'all ain't standing before God. You are. Y'all will not give account. You will. And because of everything I've learned through this series, I got to get busy. I got to get busy. Amen. All right, let's hurry. Let's hurry. Wherefore we labor, 2 Corinthians 5, 9, wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to he hath done, whether it be good or bad. All right, number two. I want you to see the resounding call. The Bible says in verse number 12, behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs. Now that's not dogs, dogs. Dogs was a term that was used for male prostitutes. In, in, in male priests that was in so much sexual debauchery in a lot of the pagan temples in that day. All right. Sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and the morning star. So there's a call. There's a call, first of all, to the sinner. Write that down. A, to the sinner. There's a call to the sinner. Look, there's a positive exhortation. Verse 14. 
Here's the positive side of the deal. Positive affirmation, positive exhortation. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they might have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. In other words, if I was to preach to you and try to encourage you to get saved, I offer you heaven. That's what that is. It's a call to the sinner to understand the blessing that's waiting on them. All right. Then there's the penalizing explanation. The penalizing explanation. Verse 15. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. You can go back. You can go back to chapter number 21. You can go back to chapter number 21. And, and, and I think even, even 20 and you can read, you can read all the people that's left out of hell or excuse me, left out of heaven. So, so if, if you're, if you're making it plain and simple, you're saying, Hey, I want you to get saved because you get heaven. Or I could say, I want you to get saved because if you don't, you go into hell. I want you to get saved so you can experience the tree of life and the blessings of glory in the celestial city. Or I want you to get saved because if you don't, hell is your destination. You will be left out of the celestial city. You'll be left out of heaven. Y'all see the call? And by the way, Jesus used both several times, multiple times. And, and by the way, and by the way, for you snowflakes in here that just want to cry love and peace and, 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 and all this, Jesus used the negative way more than he used the positive. Jesus was not afraid to talk about hell. He was not afraid to talk about judgment. He was not shy of saying, listen, hell is real. It's a place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Are y'all with me? The servant, the unprofitable servant will be cast into outer darkness. I want to preach on heaven a lot, but we can't preach on heaven and not preach on hell. Because they're both real. Listen, then there's the personal exclamation. I love this one. To the sinner, he needs to know about heaven. To the sinner, he needs to know about hell. But the sinner also needs to know about the Savior. I, Jesus. Say it with me. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the church. So Jesus is sending the revelation to you. Jesus himself put this together, was given it by God to give to you so you would know what's coming. Now watch what he says. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bride and morning star. In, excuse me. In both of these statements, we can see deity and humanity. Look at the first one. I'm the root of David. In other words, David came from me. David came from me. That's his deity. It's the same way when he said before Abraham was, I am. I brought David into existence. I created David. I made David. That's deity. But I'm the offspring of David. That's humanity. I made David. And I came from David in his humanity, in his human incarnation. He came from the seed of David. He's in the line and the lineage of David because that's who God said he would be. So in that one statement, we see deity and humanity, but watch this. He not only says I'm the, I'm the root and the offspring of David. That's his earthly connection. Then he says, I'm the bright and the morning star. That's his heavenly connection. Yes, hey, amen. amen. We see him in his humanity. We see him in his, his, his humbleness, his humility. But then we see him in his glory. There, I, I'm telling you, there's hardly, there's hardly anything. And, and, and it's hard to see when you're in the city. You can see it out in the country. But if you're out on the ocean or out on the lake and it's a really bright night and you, can, and, and you just see, and it's nothing but bright, there is hardly anything as glorious in that. And man, we see him in his glory. Yes, he was, he was the, the man God, the God man who walked the dusty roads of Judea. And listen, but he's the glorious master, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 
Say amen. amen. Yeah, that's him. I, Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Amen. Listen, there's the call to the sinner, but then there's the call to the Savior. Verse 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, now, now you can either, you can, you can either say the spirit is saying to the son, come, come. And then the bride over here is saying, come, we want our groom. But I believe you can also apply this, that the spirit through the bride is saying, come, come either way. The spirit will glorify the son. Jesus said he will glorify me. You know what that means? The Holy Spirit is ready to see Jesus on his throne. The Holy Spirit is ready to see Jesus where he rightfully belongs. The Holy Spirit is ready for men to stop blaspheming and men's wickedness and men to stop grieving him. And and the Holy Spirit is ready for Jesus to ascend his throne. And boy, I'm going to tell you this, the church, the church can't wait to see their Lord. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, some of y'all might not have got this, but when I was studying through all this in this particular series and really, really looking at the millennium and looking at the king and how he's going to, everything about that. There were times in my office, I ain't going to lie. Nigga Joe, I'm telling you, ain't gonna, I, I, I was just like, let's go. Let's just go now. What are you waiting on? Let's go. And you know what? I'm, I'm so afraid that there's so many in the body of Christ, so many in the church today, that they've got their claws dug so deep into this whole earth that the thought of Jesus is coming. No, 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 not yet. Not, not me. Bring it on. The church is saying, come, Jesus. Come. We're ready. Look what it says. Look what it says. Look what it says. 2 Timothy 4, 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, read it with me, but unto all, read, read it with me, everybody, everybody, we're almost done. But unto all them also that love his appearing. We're longing, we love, we want to see it so bad. Come. The second half of that verse 17 is to the sinner. The first is us begging Jesus to come. And I'm going to tell you this. Then it says to let him that is a thirst come, whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely. If you're longing for the Savior to come, you're longing for sinners to come. That's the, that's the other thing that happened to me. When I seen what's coming, and I was ready for, G, come on, Lord. But then when I seen what's coming, I'm thinking about all the sinners that's going to be left behind. I think about the people that's going to go through the tribulation period, the people that's going to go through the devastation and the suffering and the plagues and the judgments. Man, and it just makes me want to tell everybody I can. Come! Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. Come! Quit making excuses. Come! Quit letting the devil lie to you. Come! Come. Listen, last of all, We see the reminded conclusion. Verses 18. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. What do we, are, what, we see the reminded conclusion. What do we get from this? A, number one, write this down, or A, don't mess with the scriptures. Don't mess with them. Deuteronomy 4.2, ye shall not add unto the word which I commanded you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it. 
that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I commanded you. Deuteronomy 12, 32. Whatsoever thing, soever, what, what thing soever I commanded you, observe to do it. Thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from it. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a what? Now, what does that tell us? That's a warning to the liberal, and that's the warning to the legalist. A liberal will take stuff out so he can live more sinful. He'll say, well, I don't, you know, that really don't mean that. And, and, you know, God doesn't really care about who you love. Man with man, woman with woman. God don't, that's what liberals have done. They're taking away from scripture. And by the way, if you only preach a quarter of it or half of it, you're doing the same thing. But they're taking away. They're taking away. Now, but the legalist is just as bad. He's adding two. And one is as bad as the other. According to scripture. That's what the Pharisees did. You should give me an example. Hey, it started in the garden. Yes, sir. It started in the garden. The devil asked Eve, uh, uh, what, what, what did God say about that tree right there? He said, this is what she said. This is what she said. You know what God said? Don't eat it. Don't eat it. You know what she said? God says we can't eat it and we can't even touch it. God didn't say that. God didn't say that. Listen, the Pharisees, the Pharisees, they had, they had God's law, the Torah, and then they had the Mishnah. All right. The Mishnah was what? That you needed to observe to help you observe God's law. Let me explain. I'm out of time, but I got to explain this because you need to get this. When the, when the children of Israel went into captivity, right? They went into captivity and they were in Babylon. How many of y'all know when you youngins hang out with the other people's youngins, they act like the other people. They'll come home one day and they'll say stuff and you'll say, where in God's name did you hear that? Hello? Gotta be careful who they're running with. And so it, it scared them because the kids were acting more like the Babylonianish people than they were the Israelites. So they started making extra rules to help you follow the first rules. I'll give you an example Sabbath day's journey. Sabbath day's journey. You know what God said to do on the Sabbath? Rest. But then they made, they made a whole catalog of laws of what you can and can't do, which will constitute whether you rested or not. And what happened, what, this, is, this is why this is so dangerous. This is why this is so dangerous. What happened was, what it was, is you have what God said, then you have what man said. And God has this amount of laws. And by the time man gets through, they got this amount of laws. And the people were so burdened trying to follow all of them. That's why Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy. They were heavy laden with all these other laws. But, but here's the dangerous. Here's the dangerous part. They started worshiping their rules. And they created rules that let them get by breaking God's rules. And this is what Jesus said. You've made the word of God of none effect by your tradition. In other words, we can put it this way. By what you added. So legalism is just as dangerous as liberalism. Don't take nothing away. Don't add nothing either. The, the, the Judaizers, the Judaizers, Paul was coming and saying, you can get saved by grace. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves is the gift of God. But the Judaizers, yeah, you can get saved by grace, but then you've got to be circumcised too. You, you have to follow Moses' law. You have to follow the festivals and all of the feasts. 
What were they doing? They were adding to it. There you go. Hello. And that become works religion. So we're reminded, don't mess with the scriptures. Then B, last of all, more than anything, don't miss the Savior. Don't miss the Savior. Verse 7. Verse 7. Look at me. I, I hear paper flipping. I hear paper flipping. Verse 7. Read it with me. Behold. Verse 12. And behold. Verse 20. Surely. Do y'all think Jesus is trying to tell you something? Don't miss the Savior. Everything we learned, everybody look at me, everybody look at me. Everything we learned in between the prologue and the epilogue was that he's coming. Right? Ready or not, here I come. You don't want to miss him. You don't want to miss him. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be with them in the clouds. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. He's coming. Don't miss him. 